0: to the next question, let's segue here, and let's talk about more disagreements within the body of Christ. <laughs> so so and the, the next question is about why so many different Christian denominations, and the question goes like this. I've never understood why there are so many denominations within the church. It seems the New Testament scriptures make it pretty clear there is only one true church, but it seems there are today countless denominations, all disagreeing with one another, and not fellowshipping together. How can I make sense of this? Uh, what about you, Frank? Can you make well, sense I, of it?
1: Yes, I, I believe so, um, Tony. I believe what's happening is simply the fruit, with all the divisions, of a failure on the part of the church to one, understand the gospel, and to appropriate it. Um, the grace of God, and we know Galatians 2 says, by the works of the flesh, works of the law, no one is justified. So we are justified. We are made right. Second Corinthians 3 is a great passage. There's nothing in us that's adequate. If we're going to become adequate, we got to get it from God. That's verse 5. Then 2 Corinthians 3 6 says, and God made you adequate. <laughs> well, how did he do it? Well, not by the letter, not by works by the Spirit, by a new covenant. So here's the key. If we really proclaim and appropriate the gospel, well then, Tony, on a scale of 1 to 10, you're a 10. And Press is a 10, and I'm a 10. Now, I'm not talking about behavior. I'm talking about who we are. But if we don't proclaim that and appropriate that and walk from the Spirit with the truth of Jesus Christ only, then we're going to start adding things because of our unbelief to make us distinct and significant. Um, boy, I really want to believe that Jesus has made me okay. But boy, Frank, you can be more okay if you read your Bible every day, if you use the King James, because, you know, it was good enough for Paul, it should be good enough for us. And, and if you tithe. And so what happening? what's happening is it's a failure to appropriate the finished work of Christ. And that means then we've got to become significant on our own. And then when we start doing these things, then I have to exalt what makes me significant and put down what you think is significant. And so, you know, Tony, you come along and say, well, I baptized by sprinkling. Well, we baptized by immersion. And before you know it, now we're splintering. And we use the King James. Well, we're a, a non-inspired version, the NIV. Uh, you know all this different kind of stuff that we do to mark ourselves out as distinct and significant. And and if we could just appropriate the gospel, Jesus makes it significant. That's my badge. That's your badge. It's every believer's badge. Well, then you can hold to those distinctions without separating. Who cares? Um, And I really believe that's what's happened. We have not proclaimed and practiced the finished work of Christ that makes us significant. So we have to embark on our own ways to be significant. And we have a splintered body of Christ because of it.
0: Uh, Preston, how are you baptized and what version do you use? You want to follow up?
2: Well, I would have been immersed, but all I had was the birdbath. So. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. Uh, so I'll uh, I'll throw a little bit of a curveball in here. And uh, Frank, if my theology is off, uh, call me later. Don't call me out now. <laughs> so my question is, okay, I, I mean, I agree with, with what Frank said about Uh, You know how did this happen, and um, but my question is, well, can we fix that? And I think the chances of getting that fixed are probably slim and none. So my question is, well, now what? What do I do with this? And furthermore, my question is, and what is what is God going to do in the midst of this? I mean, if if I mean, God could zap us all and straighten us out and remove all the questions about, well, you know, uh, who can take the Lord's Supper in your church and et cetera, and fix all those questions that, that splinter us. And he has chosen not to. So what's he up to? And what's my takeaway? So there's a, an interesting verse over in the book of 1 Corinthians um, chapter 11. And um, so the background on this is that uh, the Corinthian church wasn't doing very well in terms of their uh, behavior, uh, their collegiality, etc. They were fighting with each other. There were all kinds of factions, uh, and they were misbehaving. They were uh, showing up at the communion and getting drunk on the communion wine and overeating on the bread and on and on. They had lots of problems. And so Paul takes pen in hand to write to them to straighten some of this out. And in chapter 11, he is detailing some of this. And then he comes to uh, verse 19 uh, or 18, and he says, uh, so I see that somebody's at my door, Tony. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, That's Jesus warning you to be careful. Probably so. Yeah, it's not what he's, I
0: he's, he's knocking at the door, Preston. Yeah. You better answer.
2: So uh, Paul writes and says, I understand that there are divisions among you. And then he says, this really doesn't surprise me. And then he says, there must be factions. There must be division among you. And, and it's a very definite statement. This must be the case. And then he says, in order that the people among you who have Pro- who are proven and who have proven their faith through suffering and trial will come to the surface so that you can see who it is that's teaching you well, leading you well, presenting the gospel to you with fidelity, truth, con- you know, comp- compulsion, etc. cetera. So uh, can we fix all the division? No, uh, we can't. But. And I love, you know, there's so many phrases, but God, you know, but God says, but hey, uh, the factions will, I'll I'll use those uh, and turn that to my advantage as well as to yours. And I will cause those factions to isolate and cause to come to the surface the people that you need to pay attention to the people that are are speaking truth on behalf of me and advocating on my behalf uh, with fidelity. And so when you look at all the factions I think that, you know one prayer that you could pray would be father god show me who those people are that are approved. They've been approved because of the suffering and the trial that they've gone through and so their their thoughts are are purified and they understand the truth of, of Scripture. Show me those people so that I can pay attention to them as opposed to being distracted, discouraged, et cetera, by all of the division and the, the craziness that goes on sometimes in our various churches. Can I say something Press, that? Yes, sir. You, don't, I you, don't you tell me that was wrong now, Friedman. <laughs> no, I actually There's a verse about loved. calling out your brother's faults in front of a <laughs> bunch of people You're supposed to call them privately first Well, <laughs> uh,
1: I, I was going to follow Paul's example when he opposed Peter to the face in public No, <laughs> All right. there, no there, I, there it is I just closed it. I Oh it. my goodness <laughs> <laughs> Now that's downright frightening uh, <laughs> I absolutely love what Press said because the um, It provides a platform for us in terms of not being surprised by the conflict and therefore responding to it instead of reacting to it. If we expect it, then we can be prepared for it. And and that word that Paul used is the Greek word dei, D-E-I, and it's the strongest imperative that Paul had available in Koine Greek. And it, it, you could literally in your own Amplified translate there absolutely by necessity has to be no way around it. There's going to be conflict. And God says that. So I think the key is being prepared for that. And, and Press, I love what you said. The rest of the verse says so that those people might be made manifest. It's almost like that old adage, you know, the cream rises to the top. It's the people who are going to say Isaiah 118. Well, let's reason together about this division that we're having. Let's iron sharpen iron with this. Let's go to the text and be Bereans like the Bereans and search this thing out. And, you know, if we didn't have that division, we wouldn't do that. And when we do that, the hard work under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, loving each other, applying the rules of hermeneutics, we're going to arrive at pretty common ground You know, at least 90% of the time, maybe more. Uh, And then when we do separate, we say, hey, I love you. And I just see it a little differently. But boy, we've come on a platform of acceptance and and right standing with God. And um, there's no reason for, quote unquote, separation so much as there is distinction. And distinction is okay. Um, I would... would, uh, have one more thought along those lines, but it just left my brain. <laughs> oh goodness. Senioritis. Um anyway, it's not coming.
0: <laughs> well maybe maybe you you you'll pick say, back up on it.
2: Maybe you were gonna say that part about how much you loved what I said again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um yeah, we never want to use our distinctions as a weapon to mark out our significance and your and the other person's error. Uh, nobody's got the market cornered on truth except the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where it was. Um, ultimately, what what I do with people, press, in fact, I and Tony, I did this last night uh, with a group of people. And I said to them, I said, well, you're a pastor. And I said, oh, wait a minute. Um, that's going to give you a lot of preconceptions. If we went around the room, I'd bet there are a bunch of misconceptions preconceptions. I said, but let me explain to you where I come from as a pastor. I am not religious, but I love Jesus. And then they go, Well, could you explain that? <laughs> and that provides my platform to then say, you know, all these other little things that the body of Christ does is comes down. A level, a notch, maybe a bunch of notches when compared to what Paul called his one thing. and his one thing should be all of our one thing to know Christ yep. and the, the the experience of him, the experience of his resurrection life, and as press addressed the fellowshipping and his sufferings, uh, which is what really brings us to intimacy with Christ out of uh, necessity. Uh, We've gotta have him, or, or we're not gonna make it through these valleys that we encounter, you know, potentially every day in our lives.